Welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net and Janet Allison of boysalive.com. We are all experiencing a lot of feelings right now. Anger, sadness, worry, frustration, Mm -hmm. interspersed with moments of joy and connection. And I'm having to remind myself that my boys are going through a lot as well. Today, we are going to talk about boys, emotions, and the coronavirus crisis. Most of us struggle to understand our boys and their moods in the best of times, and this most certainly is not the best of times. We're cooped up in our houses, moods are swinging wildly, we're stressed, we're feeling a little impatient. What do we do? Here with us today is Ellen Dodge. Ellen is a speech language pathologist and a boy advocate who has spent the last three decades helping children understand and express emotions. Ellen is also one of the founders of Kimochis, which look like cute little plush toys, but are actually powerful social emotional learning tools. Ellen, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, I'm, uh, I have big feelings about joining you. Your work that you're doing and the people that are listening we have big feelings and we have big feelings for our boys. So this is actually a silver lining time for us to steady our ships inside our house and understand how to communicate feelings to make things a little bit better. We've got all these big feelings. You, me, Janet, everybody right now, our kids, Big feelings cooped up in small spaces. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah, well, the first thing is small spaces isn't a boy's favorite place. So you all know this, everybody listening. Boys do really enjoy their rhythm is big, wide open spaces. Um, not just especially when they're little, right? Mm-hmm. It's really nice to have like this places you can jump and go where nobody's telling you, don't do that. Also in small spaces, as you all know, you have talkative people, moms, no offense, moms. I'm a talkative mom, not good for boys. Let me explain. But a lot of the way we try to connect with people is through talk mm-hmm. and through WH questions like, what, when, how, blah, 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 blah. And why, why, and why? why? And it's a loser way to talk. I call it, it's a habit talk. It's use it sometimes, but for sure, if you're cooped up, lose the WH. I would say just try to shut up a little bit if you can. If you're quiet, people will talk, give them space. Number two, one of my favorite tools is, huh? Mm-hmm. Just make some, just make some, you just made them. Yep. Those kind of, uh-huh. it's like compassion or, oh, I don't even, I make fake ones. You do too. It's like, I didn't really hear what you say. You might think that's rude. I think it works. Huh? Because they just want to do what they want to do. That but is then, how I've gotten through a million conversations about Minecraft, Fortnite, and snowmobiles. Good huh. 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 It's enough, right? Huh is enough. Let's bring back the huh. But here, this is a tool parents you might not have. Write it down. It's worth memorizing. Oh, 
Is there a story about that? Tell me the story. So if you see a behavior, one that you're enjoying watching, like, wow, I'm that kid's mom or dad. I'm one of the good ones. You know how we self-talk. Yeah. Oh, is there a story behind why you helped your sister so generously? I'd love to hear the story. They might look at you like, what are you talking about? But people love stories. Boys love stories. The same thing is if, when, not if, when you see behaviors that are like, oh my God, they have my last name. Okay. (laughs) You can say in your brain, all feelings are okay. All behaviors are not. Yeah. Yeah. Super good. But then the tool is, okay, I see, you say what you see. I see, and you just keep it short. I see a boy who's jumping on the bed. Okay. Off the bed. Tell me what's going on. Tell me the story. It's kids will follow that. Or you see on their face a feeling. You can say, is there a story behind your face? What are your hands? What's the story behind your hands? Now, I have kamochis, which is a hand. And parents, please hear this. You don't have to own what I'm going to talk about. You can go on our website and create them. If the kid can touch and show, not tell a feeling, it's magical. Because then I don't have to say, what are you feeling? I can go, go to the bowl. And it's a toy. They can drop out all the mad, sad, excited, silly, grateful. And you can touch each one and go, tell me about your silly. Tell me about your mad. Tell me about your... And they start to unpack it. So I'm over talking. I'm going to summarize. Less talking. Bring back the listening noises. And huh, is there a story? What's the story behind that, Fred? And I love, our, our listeners can't see you, but you're sitting with a poster behind you of yeah. these colorful kimochi emotions and a basket of these very plush, colorful kimochis with the word guilty, sad, brave, hopeful, I can see behind you. Yeah. You know, we think that our kids come in with the ability to share how they're feeling. And we know for many girls that comes a little more naturally and easily. And it absolutely can be very challenging for our boys and our men as well. And so it's a time, especially now, and like parents were not giving you one more thing you have to do, but but it's an opportunity to step back from all the worksheets and really tune into your child and recognize that. And I love what you said earlier about behaviors and feelings is we really have to, you know, we're bombarded with behaviors right now that may just be like, we're totally sick of this child and their behavior, but recognizing, yeah, there's a lot going on underneath that. I am working with a mom right now who has a 14-year-old son who is so angry and so rebellious. And I mean, those are his behaviors. And I said, you know, we've kind of got to, it's like opening the back door and getting into these things you're talking about, these feelings of, you know, yeah, he's missing his friends and he's scared. And it's really hard for a 14-year-old boy to express that feeling. So it's going to come out in other right. somewhat obnoxious ways that 
are going to make you crazy. So can you really speak to those parents out there right now who are dealing with just, you know, their own emotions, of course, but also what's in their face every day? I I can. Dial all the way back. Put on your imagination. Imagine, moms and dads, we're not in the coronavirus for a second. Imagine that your little boy who's 16, 15, 18, 8, is a young kid, and you're starting to teach them one, two, three, A, B, C. This is blue, yellow, red. Start to think about feelings like that. It's a thing. And I think when we're in the middle of it, we panic, understandably, because we have our own big feelings. So if you bring feelings into your home, not like, oh, we're going to all psychobabble each other and kumbaya. And, you know, if you just think of feelings like a thing, moms and dads, they have names. This is the place to start because it's not emotional. It's very intellectual. Get psyched about feelings. Get a feeling wall. Get pens out. Get and name every feeling you can think of. And that's your first thing you do, just to get feelings in the house, because they're here to stay, and there's no judgment on them. Okay, there you go. The next practical thing you do is you say true stuff that helps. Like, everybody's having all those. These are all allowed in our house. We're all gonna have them. We're all going to make mistakes with our feelings, and we all get redos. Mm-hmm. We're a second chance family. That means, and point to one of the feeling words. We get mad, we're going to get really, really mad. We're not going to get even a little bit mean. Worth writing down. That's one of our kodawazas or ride rhythms. You can be mad, but you can't be mean. Mm-hmm. But if I yell, that's unkind. If I hit, if I knock over my brother's tower, then my hands or my voice or my face is communicating my feeling. And that doesn't help, right, parents? Mm -hmm. So you just think of the action as that's a big feeling. You don't go in your brain, my kid's out of control. My kid's a bad kid. Oh my God, you don't escalate it to, you go that in your brain, that is a huge feeling. My kid does not have a tool yet, yet. Because nobody taught him explicitly, but you've got this, you've got this. And then you, when you're not an emotion, you talk about, okay, let's unpack our mad. We all get to be mad at each other. How are we going to do our mad? How are we going to do our frustrated? And Hmm. parents get out of the way. Let your parents, kids lead the way. They're really, uh, most of my favorite tools have come from talking to kids. Mm -hmm. They make up the best stuff. They do. They'll say, well, I think we should do this when we're mad. So what are we allowed to do with our man and what are we not allowed to do? And when we by accident make a mistake, like I'm going to yell just because we said no yelling doesn't mean I won't yell. Duh. I, I'm not, I'm new at this. I just pause and I say, I'm yelling. I'm taking a redo. So I keep my anger, but I change the way I stay connected. Mm-hmm. I know that's over talking away, but I hope you pulled out some things that go, oh, this seems calm. This seems reasonable. I just make feelings a thing. I tell my kids the truth. We're going to have them all. And we make decisions about what we're going to do, what we're not going to do. I liked that comment of having a discussion, brainstorm, 
what are we going to do with our mad? We are all going to be mad. We are in this house oh, together yeah. and you're going to do something that irritates me. I'm going to do something that irritates you. We're going to be mad. What are we going to do about that? I can actually see that working with a hefty dose of sarcasm because I have teenagers yes. yeah. at my house. Yeah. And, 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 and go back to that other tool about tell me the story. Mm -hmm. You say, people that love each other get mad. We better learn how to do mad. Like, this is what you mm. got to have in life. Have you seen dad and I? We don't unlove each other. The size of our mad can get really big. We try to make it small enough so we do the right thing. Okay, you guys, here's the deal. When any of us do the wrong thing, we're going to try our best to be kind to each other. So Jennifer would go like this with a teenager. Your teenager does something with their behavior that shows they're you know, rightfully mad. And you say, stop. Tell me the story. Name it. Every single thing that's making you mad. Boom, boom, boom. Let them go like shotgun style. Like everybody's, yep, got it, got it, got it, got it. That sounds like mad to me. I would actually be feeling frustrated too. Whoa, you're not fixing them. Mm -hmm. You're just letting them actually do it in a way that might be uncomfortable for you. I think mm -hmm. mothers, it can feel scary when our kids are mad because we're not used to talking the way a boy might want to talk. And so you could also get a piece of paper. A lot of boys don't like to write, but I find this great. You know what? We have a mad in this house. Everybody put down a bullet point, all the reasons we're mad. Let's get it on paper. Let's capture it. Hmm. And, but again, boys, I never recommend writing if your kid doesn't like to write because schools force them to write. Yeah. You could do pictures. Just get creative, you guys, because when you get it down, it settles down. I've, I've never said that, but I think that's a good sentence. When you get it down, you're feeling settled on and you can actually look at them and go, huh. You know, I think that is why I personally find journaling so helpful. Now, our listeners know that I'm a writer, so I'm inclined in that direction anyway. But for me, when I journal it's how i process my emotions and it's what you said when i put it down it's like oh that's what i'm feeling and there's something about putting it down that then allows me to move a little bit beyond that i might not work my way out or through that emotion in that moment but i'm able to start wrestling with it in a way that i couldn't otherwise it, it takes the charge out of it when I, I too am a journaler, but Ellen, as you were talking, I'm thinking this would be great for our kids who have so much time on their hands right now is to do a video journal and just act it out and speak it and That's take a video idea. and then everybody shares their videos at some point. Brilliant. So it's, it's brilliant. It's out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been in schools for 37 years and it's the boys. Boys actually, they like their feelings. They just, once you show them, when I do commotions with them, they're the stars. They're like, yeah, let's get it on because I don't do it in a girly way. Again, the reason why I say that to you is all our kids, baby boys actually, Dr. William Pollock, who's my hero for boys, he taught me this, that the research says that our baby boys are born more emotive and by the age of second grade, they have 50% fewer feeling words. Mm. I am not okay with that. So let's go back to the beginning of this podcast. We are upping our kids, our girls and boys vocabulary. 
we gave them the whole alphabet. We didn't leave out the vowels. So boys are like, okay, I got my happy, I've got my mad, mad, matter, maddest. And Mm -hmm. it bums me out because once you show them, no, you got sad, you got left out, you got embarrassed, you got this, it's a thing. You will use tools. Boys need their tools. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. once, once families, you get all the words out there, get curious, ask them authentically. Well, how do kids your age do mad in your classroom? What do you like? What don't you like? What do you admire? What don't you admire? Because yeah, I see your head now, Jennifer. That way kids get the hang of it. Like, oh, I get it. Your body just defaults to bad stuff. <laughs> That's what we do. You get a feeling like I feel stir crazy. And then you do some things that you're not proud of, right? Mm-hmm. So boys do this too and say, I'm going to just take a redo. I'm going to just reset. I have all those feelings still. I take a breath and just be like, something's going on inside. So what if you guys, there was like a word wall or place in your house, a whiteboard. I don't know what you have in your house, but a place that people could, like you said, Jennifer, almost journal, put up feelings like the ones you want to have more of, like excited, hopeful, hopeful. And just put bullet points of how to get more of those feelings. And then also put the heart we call upset feelings hard to have because it's easier for kids to understand it. All feelings are important, but some are hard to have. Like my body doesn't feel good when it's sad, Mm -hmm. but I use my tools. So let's get our frustrated up because we are going to get so frustrated. We are going to be pros at frustration. Mm -hmm. We are going to get our tools on. So you put frustration up and then, I could see families having fun with this, like write down all the things you're like, whoa, that was a loser tool. I just had a good idea on how to adapt that and maybe get boys to identify and share feelings. Okay. So here's the idea. You make this poster or whatever, put it up on the wall and you have all these feelings listed, right? And then when your boy is all, and you're trying to get to the bottom of it and he doesn't want to talk, you give him his Nerf gun. And you let him shoot at which feelings he's experiencing. (laughs) Right on. So what you just did, Jennifer, is let them show, not tell. Take the talk out. Key for boys. Throw. You have got this. It's brilliant. You can draw that. And we have a lot of free stuff. People people that don't know us, they should just go grab. We have charts. You can print them. We have... um, little things you can color. This is cool. You can like scribble in all the feelings. Like it just, and then you can go, whoa. And just, there's just this visceral way you can hold your feelings. Because feelings do like to be shared. Oh yeah, they do. It's brilliant, Jennifer. Yeah. And I know she's my co-host. I love her. She's so brilliant. <laughs> just I'm going to go up. <laughs> I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to be confronted with an issue with my children, and I'm not going to be so brilliant. So just, you know, I am floundering my way through this just like everybody else is right now. What is good for us to remember, and we've talked about this a million times, is boys are very physical, physical first, before we can expect them 
to be able to find their words to talk about the thing. So if it does feel like they are over the top and they're not going to settle down and want to talk about feelings or even shoot feelings with the Nerf gun, then let them be physical before. I think our female tendency is like, we've got to wrestle this in and talk about this right now and figure it out and check the box and move on to the next thing. So that space of letting them have some time before settling in to talk about. So filled up with what you're saying. Moms, we, we, we communicate like most women talk. So this is not about talking. This is about connection. So if you can say that to yourself, when your kid is showing you something that's going on, I want you to just dial back and say, I want to be in a way that my kid will always want to connect with me. And the last way you want to do it is to go after them. Boys do not like to be talked at. They do not like to be at, boxed in, asked questions. So it's, it's, but it's so hard to do. Because so it's our tendency. That's it's, how we operate. It's, it's, it's our language. But then I go back to what you were saying, Jennifer, about like when you go upstairs, this is all new. I think that's the, the right tool to take out every day, no matter what's going on in the world. We're always startups. We're always beginners at something. Mm. But we're a beginner at this. And you say to your kids, you know, I'm getting in touch with, I'm a complete beginner at this. I really don't know how to do this. I'm going to find our way. Our family can do hard things together. You get them on board. And then when they or you do the wrong thing, you bring the redo in. You tell me more, tell me more, tell me, show me. So that they'll talk to you when they're men and they have real, the stakes are higher. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what this is about. It's not just about social emotional learning. It's about, I want to be around my boys in a way where they're going to want to connect. Sometimes they don't say a thing, but they're connecting. Right. Can you touch briefly and this is a big topic a challenge for a lot of us parents in the best of times is wrestling in with our own emotions so we can be present for our kids instead of going off on our own wherever we're at and one of the reasons why parents have challenges dealing with their children's emotions is because a lot of us didn't learn these skills growing up. So what do you recommend to parents who want to do better, but are like, I am overwhelmed right now. And I'm worried about if I'm going to have a job next week and if I'm going to have enough money and now I've got these kids and ah, I'll tell you what I recommend, but I I always feel a little uh, recommend because I don't know who every listener is. I think people do well with stop and reset. And it means this, dial all the way back, like I said, and pretend it's not your kid. It's brilliant. When it's your kid, you catastrophize. You're like, oh my God, they're going to go into the world biting people. That's what I thought about my kid that used to bite people. She was three. She's not biting people 23. She's doing other things I'm not proud of. I do things I'm not proud of. Come on, we're humans. We're teaching humans how to be humans, whether you're a boy or girl, right? So parents dial all the way back. This is not my kid. This is someone else's kid. Next tool. I call it the 555. I think I got it from Oprah. I love her. 
And it's like, okay, in five minutes, this person that's not my kid going to be doing this behavior? Yeah, you betcha. Five weeks? Maybe. Five years? God, I hope not. <laughs> and you keep pushing it out. It works every time for me in anything in life because when I can see that things always change and I don't always have to have the exact thing to do, mm -hmm. I just have to take the long view. But you're trapped in a house. There's no long view. Maybe you write a family story and every day you make a journal where everyone adds in funny things and hard things because someday you're going to read about this. We do this at holiday time. We write highlights and some of them are our bad moments. And every year when we open up the box, we're like, oh my God, you remember when Kate wouldn't let me put the thing on top of the tree and she did, oh my God, she put like right direction boys on the top. And I was like, oh, that's <laughs> funny now. At the time I was yeah. like, no, I want my angel. Right, yeah. right. So just morph it out. Now that might sound like you don't have a tool. That is the biggest tool in the box because it calms you down. Now you go, this is my kid. They're going to be okay. They're really going to be okay. Yeah, I like that, Ellen, because I think the other track that we take is I'm a bad parent and I can't do this and I don't have any resources right now. And so this 555, thank you, Oprah, if that's where it came I from. I think it's Oprah. I love it. Can kind of bump you out of that rut that we get into as parents of like, I'm, I'm losing my mind. I'm not capable. I can't do this. But if you can step back, number one, that it is, oh, think of this as someone else's child right now. Okay. And that, that kind of separates out that heart piece and that place where we beat ourselves up. So that's brilliant. Yeah. And then to think about, because also, you know, we're in this time of lockdown and, keeping in mind too, Jen and I were talking before we started recording, I'm like, it's been two weeks today and feeling that overwhelm of, wow, two weeks is a long time. And what I'm recognizing is we not, may not even be halfway. This might not be halfway. We may have six, more, you know, four more weeks or we don't even know, but to, but what we do know is that it is temporary. Okay. It will end. So, you know, reeling it back from that, like it's always forever going to be like yeah. this. That's yeah. what that 555 also does. It, it you know really what, does. Go, Jen. You know what I realized yesterday? This whole shutdown, lockdown, quarantine, schools closed. Our boys even might actually be excited to go back to school when schools reopen. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. You know what? It's a good point. The other thing I thought about, Jennifer, is I think this has a good thing for kids because they're kind of away from each other. And when you're, no matter what age group you are, there's a certain energy in each classroom. And some years it's good chemistry and some years it just doesn't work. Okay. It's not that any kid is the wrong kid. It's that accidentally the schools didn't put the combination together real. I, I know this because I'm in the inside. So they're away from each other, even though they see each other. That's a reset. Mm -hmm. And I think we can, yeah, I think we can use that too in a feeling way of like, what do you miss? What don't you miss? And like, have them tell you about what, what the inner world is like. How do people do left out at your school? Like, so when they go back, they're a little bit calmed down. You, when you make mistakes, the places in you don't feel proud of as a parent is your best parenting. Just tell the truth. I think the experts, and I am one, I mean, I say that humbly, 
we can make you too uptight. Like you got to do this one thing and then your kid turns out. Kids aren't muffins. You know, they, they're going to be fine. So it's like, be you. Don't be Ellen Dodge. Don't be Janet. <laughs> be you. Talk to your kids in a you voice. Stay connected and have as little regrets as you can. So the no regrets check the box tool is one day we're going to be back in the world. We know this. And all of us are going to go, oh, man. And what's going to be your own man? What are you going to miss? Mm-hmm. Savor mm-hmm. that now. Have the kids do that too. So that shows up every day. And what are the silver linings? Good conversations. Hey, we're in our PJs. I didn't do my hair. That's a bonus pack. Silver lining, no brushing teeth. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but anyway, the reason why is these are saving graces for our boys because it helps them go gentle and it helps them get connected. And it's still crazy in the house. It doesn't mean it feels great all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel soothed. And I have to say, I'm not living with kids right now. And part of me wishes I were, because that would make life a little more interesting around here. But I hope that this has felt uh, reassuring and comforting to our listeners. I love that message of be yourself. What happens in my house is not going to look like what's happening in your house or in your neighbor's house or you know, Pinterest mom who's posting all these beautiful things that her kids are doing during this time of quarantine. Stop. And I'm telling myself this as much as you. Stop. Just worry about yourself and your kids. What's right for me is not what's right for you. What works with my kids doesn't necessarily work with your kids. And that's okay. When it all gets to be too loud, when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you start to feel like uh, you're failing at this, Turn it off. Yeah. Go outside if you can. Do something that feeds you. Reset. I love it. I think of these words, do you. I didn't make those up, but it's been helping me. And you can say those to the ki- your kids too. Just do you. Do you, buddy. I'm going to do me. And we don't always do ourselves, right, Jennifer and Janet? So we can just name it. Oh, my God. Who am I doing? That was so not me. Here I come. <laughs> this is your mom. Get your own, figure out who you are. I mean, I'm, we're changing all the time. Anyway, I feel soothed too, because we're keeping it real and saying we can do messy. There's yeah. no straight lines here. Feelings are here to stay. They're so awesome. They're cool. They make our life rich. Don't think of them as touchy feely. They're a thing. Name them and let your kids lead the way. Mm-hmm. You mentioned um, some resources that are available on your website, and I want to be sure that people know where to find those resources. So if you could tell us, and then I'll make sure that to put a link in our show notes so people can just quick click over there as well. If you go to www.komochis.com, komochis actually means feelings in Japanese, on the menu bar, you'll see free resources. That's where you're going to click, and there's a family button. That's where you're going to get all the free downloadables. Look around. You don't have time to look around today. Just grab and go is what I like to say. That's one resource. And when you have some bandwidth, you know, look, this is something can go in schools. The other resource that I feel so, ah, I don't know the feeling that is out there now is called the parenting partner. I just opened it up crazily like three weeks ago. And because it was my dream that I wanted to partner with parents like you are to keep it real, 
give these tools that parents have responded to for years. So the parenting partner, it's .org, but there's a free, there's a bunch of free things that I release that, you know, I'm self-reporting, I think is super helpful if you like this podcast with me. And there's the master class. It's five short kind of funny real videos on how to do this in your home if you don't own one kamochi. Nice. And I give you, I'm psyched about that. And then I made, made up a YouTube channel. I had my kid do it. And I do these two minute videos like, what do you do? What do you say? And my fantasy here is you parents can just tell me what commercial you want me to make. And I call them commercials because they're short. <laughs> and I'll just make them and slap them up there. Nice. So I hope it brings what we talked about to families when it doesn't feel calm. Mm-hmm. I'm just recognizing that you bring, I think you said 37 years of experience in this field, and I have about 25 years of experience in this field. Jen's been raising kids for over 20 years now, and wow, we have, we've got some uh, power, I'll say, some expertise and drawing always on our parents. And I love that you're saying, you know, parents tell me what the commercial is that you need and I'll make it for you. And so I just encourage our listeners to access this expertise, lean into it, lean on it. We've got you, we've got your back. We want this to be a time, as you said, that we can look back on and be glad that we we're able to dive a little deeper, get a little more bonded, have some family fun. I think about what what are your kids going to tell their kids about this time? Because they will be studying the great pandemic of 2020 in school. And what will the family stories be? What will that what will those funny little moments be. And I love that you suggest recording some of this, have a daily journal. Write your story. Yes. That's brilliant. Uh, You riffed off my idea. That's what we do. Riff off your kids, Mm -hmm. you know, just make it up. So you can look look back to look ahead. So it's the parentingpartner.org. And it sounds like there's the masterclass, amazing resources there. I am just marveling at how many lives you have touched along the way and how many people are able to be more clearly expressive of their feelings. Wow. If you take anything away from this podcast, this episode, I think it should be reset. We all have that reset button available to us all the time for us and for our kids. We are experiencing a lot of emotions. We're going through a lot of challenges. You can hit the reset button anytime you need to, as many times as you need to. Can I add, don't wreck it, moms. Don't talk when you reset that reset <laughs> for boys. Oh. Make a little thing that says reset. Nobody's going to talk about why we're resetting. Just go <laughs> reset. No questions asked. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. Tip. That's a great place to wrap it up. To I think it is too. Reset people and we will all will be well. We will get to the other side of this and I believe we are going to be stronger. We are going to be more connected and we are definitely going to have stories to tell.
Ellen, thank you so much for being with us today. I have no words, which never happens. That must <laughs> feel so close to everybody. We've got this. Let's go love them up. Love yourself. It's impossible to raise boys alone. Join one or both of our Facebook groups. Jen is at Building Boys and Janet has Boys Alive. Ask questions, share your wins, get support when you need it. We'd love to have you join us. Thanks for joining On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. Ah, that's the